0: Yes, Lord. What a wonderful Savior. Yes, give Him praise. Thank you, Lord. Amen. I read yes, sir. I got a verse. John 4, 23
1: says, But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshiper will worship the Father, in Spirit, and truth. For the
2: Father is seeking such people to worship.
0: Yes. Amen. 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 Yes.
2: Amen.
0: There's a scripture, John, John it also says, but they draw near me with their mouth, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. The heart's got to be right to have true worship in the Lord. Thank you, Lord. My iPad? I haven't seen yours. My mind's in my bathroom. The promise David said, "God, let like everything that has breath praise the Lord." Hallelujah, Jesus, you are worthy, Lord.
2: We fall down, we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. The greatness of
0: He is worthy to be praised. Lord, you are so worthy, God. God, you're better than we deserve, Lord. You've done us better than what we deserve, God. You treat us so well, God, as your children. You're so merciful and loving. Your loving kindness extends to all of the universe, Lord. Oh, we worship you, Lord, and
2: honor you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thou Lord worthy. Thou
0: You, Jesus. Have your way tonight, Lord. Oh God, move by your Spirit, Lord. Let your love, God, extend to each individual here tonight, Lord, wherever they might be, God. Let the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, have its way in our lives, God. Illuminate our hearts and minds, Jesus, to hear from you tonight, Lord. For you, Holy Spirit, are our teachers to come and sit, Lord, as Mary did, Lord, at Jesus' feet and learn of you, God, for you are meek and lowly at heart, God. Thank you, Jesus.
3: Birthday not too long ago
0: And uh, I told you: Well, I- you had one yesterday. Yours is more recent. Yeah. Happy Birthday Cedric! Thank you.: Everybody say happy Birthday, Cedric! <laughs> Thank you. I think you finally got out of your teens, didn't you? <gasps> <laughs> I I
2: just say that. But uh, I know I told you I was going to get
3: you a): uh, <clears throat> I told you I was going to give you a gift, so I uh, wanted to, to hand that to you from me to you. Oh,
0: wow. It's just for you. Praise the Lord. Thank you, brother. What a blessing. Hello, this is Amen. Thank you, he's Lord. Which he's not you. Is this something you've noticed in my life, or what? <laughs> <laughs> I
2: don't know what's going on, man. I think
0: everybody in the group needs one of these, Henry, right? <laughs> Thank you, brother. What a blessing. Thank you so much. Very thoughtful. Very thoughtful. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, that's your Bible. Okay. Well, how is everyone doing tonight? It's so good to see you. Good. Welcome back. We've got two of our people that are back tonight, so what a blessing, Cedric's grandmother and and uh, you, you tell us of where you have been. What's been going on? You doing okay?
2: I, I've
4: been riding around in the fifty-eight Ford Classic. That's what I've been doing. I've been cruising the parish. I've been cruising the coast. Uh, been
2: with both of my Cheer. sisters and my brother-in-law. Um, no, no, don't <laughs> do that. Um, we just
4: just been having. A
0: well, we're glad to have you back. Just, I'm glad to be here. We're glad here. that we missed you. <laughs> it's given me the opportunity.
4: There's always something someone's going to say. Oh, yeah. And I'm able to, I don't say Jesus said, I don't say the Bible says, I just speak it. And like I was telling Mary,
0: you could give a straight and drop on court that day. There you go. Good, good. Glad the Lord was able to use you. Marianne, it's good to have you here tonight. Thank you. What a blessing, our young lady here tonight. This is Cedric's too young-to-be-grandmother here tonight. So what a blessing to have her. Good to have Lexi with us tonight. Hey, Lexi. Good to see you, darling. You look pretty tonight. And all my brethren, Claire. It's good to have Claire with us tonight. What a blessing. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What's going on, guys? And who do we have here? We've, we've got Chris with us tonight. We've got... Uh, We've got Wes with us. We've got David Kohler and his wife Jenny with us tonight. We've got um, uh, Eric with us, it looks like, tonight. And I thought I saw Laylin. Laylin with us? Hey, Eric. All right. My man. All right. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great to see everyone tonight. You know, we, are, we always start with if something's on somebody's heart. Because we want to um, uh, walk as the Lord has us to walk as a church. To support those that are going through things and uh, might have encountered things this week, Uh, that may need prayer, or or, um, you have a question in the Word of God, or you have, or you might have encountered something this week or someone, and uh, or you may have been reading your Word and you got stuck somewhere. You have something that you want to express. So we want to open that up first for anybody who's got something on their heart tonight, and we'll go from there first. Amen.
4: Oh, good. And we were in Acts where Stephen was talking and giving the whole, <laughs> the summary, and he was talking about when the Red Sea was parted and she gave you her explanation of how it is. Would you share that, Lexi? It was so cool. Mm, kind of You like got to sit up and talk about it.
5: It's kind of like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. The waves are kind of like the bread. The jelly always slips out of the sandwich which are the good
0: people, and the bad people are the peanut butter, which is, I don't know. would probably get swallowed <laughs> up, right? <laughs> well, I've never heard it like, but that's good. If <laughs> you put a peanut, sandwich, a peanut
1: butter and jelly sandwich together, the, the, the jelly always escapes. She, she says that would be for children. Uh, children are. Peanut butter stays stuck, stuck between the bread. I got you.
0: That yeah. was Well, the Bible says uh, that uh, in the last days that uh, young men would see visions. Old men would dream, dream, dream dreams. Uh, Don is uh, getting an interpretive dream, so we got that. So that's good. Praise the Lord. Anybody else have something? Praise God. Your son? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And, right. and yeah sometimes it, you know. Sure. I have a relief from hurting so bad, and sometimes my heart feels like it's my first. Sure, I could, I could only imagine, yes. Amen, our hearts are with you on that. Pray, thank you for sharing that with us, and we will keep that in prayer with you, amen. My uh,
4: granddaughter is going through a rough time right now with the father of my child. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, we know the prince of peace our jesus and, and uh she's got to, in, in, in this world we will have trouble the bible says that but take courage he said because i have overcome so that's our courage and our strength is in, in the lord and his strength and um uh, we we lose children we you know we go through financial disasters we face infidelities we face sicknesses and different things in our lives but uh, Jesus says that we would go through that, you know, but if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him, the scripture says. And we, we just give that to the Lord and knowing that we only have a short time here on earth and we're going to be with the Lord soon. Thank God. Paul said this, he said in Acts chapter 20, he says uh, he was on his way to Jerusalem and he was going, to be, and, uh, he was going there to, for the Pentecostal day and, and he wanted to go and be there. And uh, he was being warned not to go. He said, don't go. And Agabus, one of the prophets, even tied him up and said, if you go, they're going to bind you as I've tied you with your belt. And, and Paul says, you know, none of those things. He says, he says I know this. He says, uh, bounds and afflictions abide me wherever I go. I have troubles wherever I go. He says, but, I, uh, but I'm going bound in the spirit to Jerusalem. He says, I, I don't count my life dear to myself. He says, for none of those things that come against me move me because I'm solid in Jesus. Yeah. It's kind of like um, what Jesus, content, um, he talks about a, um, a man, a wise man. He said, a wise man builds his house on the rock. A foolish man builds his house on the sand. Right. And that rock is Jesus Christ and the sand is, is uh, his self. Yeah. And uh, he talks about a wise man as those who hear his word and do it," he said. "So that when the storms of life come, you know, and the wind begins to beat, and the rain comes, and beats vehemently against that house, what happens? In what house that's built on the sand, on this earth, on the dirt, it falls away. But when your house is built on Jesus Christ, and all that come against comes against you, you're not going to be moved. Praise God. So we want to just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will lead and direct your path. There's comfort in the word of God. I was talking to someone the other day and uh, they were a little down, you know, they were uh, kind of just med- just thinking on things that would bring them down. The scripture says in Philippians chapter four, it says, think on those things that are good and pure and honest and of good virtue, good news that if you think on anything, think on these things, so what happens is we can go through things, and we can have things in our lives that come and attack us. And if we dwell on those things, they can get you down. But Paul says to remove your mind from those things and put them on the things that are good. Instead of sometimes you could think, well, wow, even with your situation, man, you could think, man, I really miss my son, and rightfully so, you do. And I know it's a grievous thing, but you could think also, Lord, I thank you for the time I did have with him. We have some wonderful memories together. We went through some wonderful things together. And rather than think on those, that he's gone and think on those other things, you can think on, put your mind on those good things and and come through that, you see. But if we dwell on those other things, Paul is saying, you don't want to do that. You want to come forth out of that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else have something in their heart? What y'all been reading? What y'all been studying? (laughs) <laughs> I know you're ready, man. Go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> you know, yeah, i just, um, i just really
6: been, um, seeking and, and, and reading and, um, what's really just poked out the last couple of days, and I've been sharing is, is to be content in whatever state, and Paul writes, you know, I've, I've, had the money and I was content I didn't have nothing and I was content to be content where God That's Philippians. It's Philippians. Yeah, I've Philippians. Yeah, Philippians, but, mm-hmm. uh, that, that passage is just, I mean, we live in a world where you, nobody's ever content. You're never content. Yes. And it's a commandment yes. to be content yes. with what right. God has for you. Amen. It's always searching for a different job because they think happiness is going to come from that. When you're looking for happiness in something else, and you get it, and you're empty. So the only happiness is in Jesus Christ. And I shared that last night with a guy, you know. and Because uh, the Lord has put some guys in my life that I'm that I And through the Word of God, He just brings me the remembrance of the Word. I'm just like... Hold on one second. And it's scripture. But if you're looking for happiness than anything else, it's always going to be a letdown. The world paints this picture of, you get this car, you're going to be great. You get this white picket fence, and you're going to be great. And then you get it, and you're like, I'm miserable. You know, because your happiness is set on this worldly stuff.
0: And it's just, it's just. Infinite. Man, that's a blessing to hear come from you, man, to, to see what the Lord has done with it, Ben in terms of life. I, mean, I eyes just
6: never thought in a million years I'd be where I'm at. And It's a daily deal that I do, and it's just become a lifestyle. You know, eighty percent of my day. It's not like a pleasing flesh type of deal. Like it used to be all about me. That's it. And it's really I've died to self. And God tells me the other day, he's like, "Man, you really need to take some time and enjoy yourself." I'm going. I did that for so many
2: years or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, you you got in trouble. My life is. Your enjoyment is different now. (laughs) I
6: go to work, and I'm very diligent with that. It's a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week deal. But my other time is serving others, and that's where real life and enjoyment come from. It is because I got guys asking me questions all day. This guy—I mean, the guys that I'm mentor, disciple, taking whatever—I mean, it's all day. These guys, I'm watching. The Lord work, and, and, and he was like, the guy was telling me today, he's like, man, I'm sharing with my balls all these scriptures. Remember one thing? The word never returns void. I mean, keep preaching. You know what I mean? A, it's a blessing to see that. These guys are coming from drug addiction and, and we're just hopeless and ready to die. And they were bringing these 12 steps where teachers where, oh, you just make up your own higher power, which is false. Right. And so God's put these guys in my life to share what Jesus has done in my life. And internally, it says, whatever you got, man,
0: that's what I want. Amen. What a blessing. What a blessing. Thank you, Lord. It's, it's such a blessing to me. Um, I, Cedric ended up getting on my phone, and I think now I get all of his uh, uh, Instagram messages. And I'm like, man, I want to answer some of those, you know? And it's a blessing to hear, like with... Uh, so many of you, um, Ben, Cedric, so many of you are, are contending for the faith. You know, that you're um, not just sitting back and just watching the world die in their sin.
3: Yeah, the, so basically what he's talking about, guys, is, oh, <coughs> I have an Instagram, like, you know, Facebook or whatnot. And on Instagram, there are a lot of different uh, people that follow different churches and pastors and preachers and have friends and groups. And, um, one day I logged on his phone to do a Instagram live. Now I get all his messages. He was preaching, and I never logged out. So as I'm contending for the faith on Instagram, he gets all of my my feedback. And so, so I know what time he goes
0: to bed at night. Yeah, yeah. So, so whenever
3: somebody's contending with me or, or vice versa, he gets them, and he's like, "Man, I want to respond, you know, so bad." So that's what he's talking about, so that everybody's on the right track.
0: Yeah, and it's not just even on Instagram, but I, I see you talking to individuals, bringing them around, uh, contending with them. And, and you know, it, it gets, it, it's a thing that you got to be willing to let people get out of their comfort zone. Right. Because you, you, you're concerned about them enough to tell them the truth to keep them from going to hell. And, you know, it's like if you, and I say this story if you, if you knew somebody that was, and you, were, and you uh, knew they was in this house, and the house, you see the house is on fire, and they maybe worked all night long, you know, work, and, and they're tired and they're sleeping in their house, and you could either, you could think, well, man, I need to go wake that guy up before he burns up with his house. Uh, or you could sit there and say, well, you know, he worked all night. I'm sure he's tired. He'll probably be real upset at me if I wake him up. Maybe I just need to leave him alone. And, and but, but the whole world, most of the world all of what is called christianity is is not telling the truth they're telling people you can die in your sin and go to heaven and so they're like in a house that's on fire and people don't want to say anything because they don't want to lose their friend they don't want to make them upset because people have a natural tendency To look at a leader, whether it's a priest, a pope, a pastor, or whoever, and put trust in that person, which is a real danger. You know, uh, and I've been fooled by it myself many times in life. But you can only trust what God's word says. And you have to dig it out and search for it with all your heart to see what that is. And once you see what it is, and we've talked about it here. Then you have a burden for people. Like, man, I gotta tell them. I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. They can dislike me. Uh, I have people that, that call me all kind of names, you know. And uh, same with all of us. And but that's okay. maybe maybe one out of ten I can reach, or one out of hundred I can reach and, and rescue them from that fire, that's you know, and bring them out. Share that, you know, yeah. With that,
3: that young lady they were talking about. Right. You know, in Minneapolis. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I'm sure you were
0: really blessed by that whenever you got
3: that call. You yeah, know, amen. That, that blessed
0: her, you know. You know, uh, Wes and I were talking about a scripture the other day, and it, uh, it, really, uh, it, it really it really, is a good scripture. They're all good scriptures, but turn with me to 2 Thessalonians. I want to show you this. Uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, we're talking about before we go on. Today. And I'm, I know I'm going to get Wes riled in a minute. He'll, he'll be able to say a few things, I'm That's sure. What? 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But, but listen to this, see if this doesn't fit what's even happening today. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, it talks about a wicked one coming on the scene, but it talks about here about how Satan is working even in our day. It says in verse 9, verse 9, Larry, um, it said, Even him who's coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceitfulness or deceitfulness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, sin, because because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. What does it take to be saved? What's the to receive the love of the truth? What does it? Take? Everybody knows, right? Godly sorrow, repentance, to salvation, right? But a lot of people don't receive that. They receive. Oh, well, I can go forward and accept Jesus as my Savior, asking him to forgive me, and, go, and then I can go back, and I'm saved, and I'm okay, even though I still have things in my life, that sins in my life that are sins of death, and, and they're being lied to, saying you're okay, you're not. And it says in verse 11, and for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. What in the world is happening today? People are believing a lie. They believe in they can go forward, accept Jesus as their Savior, and go to heaven. That is a lie. And it's all over the place. They believe in that all you need to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. They don't believe you really need to believe unto righteousness, as the Scripture really says. They believe you can just believe on the Lord and be saved. You see, but that's a lie. They got this strong delusion. But look at why they believe in that lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in what? Sin, right? They had pleasure in their sin. They don't want to quit looking at pornography. They don't want to quit um, uh, 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 having unforgiveness in their heart toward another person. They they don't want to quit their adulteries. They don't want to quit whatever else is going on in their life because they want to believe that they can sin and do those things and make it to heaven. So they believe in a lie because, why do they believe it? Because they haven't pleasure in their sin. Sin is pleasurable for a season. But at the end, it's destruction, it re- leads to destruction. Right. It, uh, Paul, uh, uh, in, in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, it says that, uh, go ahead and turn there, since we're that close to it, Hebrews chapter 11, which is only a couple of books away. Hebrews 11, Larry. okay. Hebrews 11, Speak, speaking of Moses, verse 24, <clears throat> Hebrews eleven twenty four. <clears throat> it says here, choosing rather, this is speaking of Moses, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. 25,
6: 24, 25 I said, man, I'm thinking this,
0: this, this, uh, this, this version's way You got to go ahead and get that King James, I know, <laughs> he, he, In version yeah. <laughs> <Virgin> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. so it says that rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for, for a short time, he chose the affliction of being with God's people. Look at uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5 give away all your scriptures, Wes. First Timothy chapter 5. Speaking of chapter 5, is about elders, it's about widows. Uh, and we're going to go to verse uh, 6. First Timothy. First Timothy chapter 5 and verse 6. Speaking of widow here, of, of those that may go, that aren't over 60 years old, it, you know, or sold out to the Lord, it says, verse 6, but she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she lives. She's dead while she's living. And what, the person that's living, in, in, and that means male too, that's not just female, but they're dead while they're living. That confirms that if you go back to Ephesians chapter 2. I love Ephesians 2. When somebody likes to come to me and try to just take Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 and, and just quote, For by grace you saved through faith, that not of yourself is the gift of God. And they want to say, well, see there, it's, it's nothing that you can do. You've got to trust in the finished work of Christ. And they try to use that scripture there. I like to go back and take the context of Ephesians chapter 2, which if you look at the context of it, starting in verse 1, it says, And you... Hath he quickened, quickened means made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. You were dead when you were in sins. I was dead when I was sinned. If I'm still sinning, I'm dead. I'm not alive. Okay? Wherein in time past, so what happened? These people were regenerated because in time past, he says, you walked according to the prince of this world. You know, you followed not the voice of Jesus, but you followed the voice of a stranger, as it says in John chapter 10. According to the prince of the power of the air, and this same prince of power of the air is works in the children of disobedient. If I'm disobedient, what am I being led by? <laughs> you're being led by the prince of the power of the air, because you're disobedient among whom also we all had our conversation of the way we lived in time past in the lust or the desires of the flesh. Amen. We don't live in that anymore. That life is gone. Yeah. Right. Fulfilling the desires of this, of the flesh, the flesh. And, of the, and of the mind. We walked around, we did whatever the mind said. Mm-hmm. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Wes, you got something to add to that? Where's he there? Yeah, there he is. You're
4: you're doing doing good, brother.
0: Okay.
1: (laughs) uh, The prodigal son is kind of the same concept. Um, He obviously goes away in prodigal living, which would be living a life of excess and pleasure, and uh, he's dead. He's dead while he lives, just like the widow. He's dead in his pleasure until he comes out of the pig pen, comes back to the father, the father sees him from afar off. and then at that point, he could bring the robe and the ring back, and you know, which would be symbolic of someone being converted, empowered by the Holy Spirit, filled. Um, like you like what, like, kind of like what you quoted. You know, you're, you're alive at that point. You're not dead in your trespasses and sin. Amen.
0: Huh? Forget about James. Huh? Forget about James. Uh, go, go to one more scripture with this. Go to Colossians chapter three. Ben, you're in that book right now.
6: Well, I know
0: Thessalonians, Oh, you're moving right along, here, yeah, brother. Well, yeah. Colossians chapter
6: what?
0: Chapter 3. Colossians 3, uh, Larry. I'm looking. Verse 1. That's not 1503 in my Bible,
4: 1738.
0: Oh, mine's 1738
3: too.
0: Oh you got same oh you got one of my Bibles. No, it's mine. Really? This my, my name. Wow. I never noticed we had the same one. <laughs> you right on brother. <laughs> I got a big
3: print.
0: I um, can't believe that's a rare Bible, man. Where'd you get that? I just
3: miss my it's my dad's Bible.
0: Wow. Just, that is so cool. Yeah, I, just, I search all over the world to find this this edition. Wow. <laughs> just, that's a big thing. Ask her. I go all over, try to get this edition. Yeah, this is it. I can't believe that. That's so, excuse me. I'm just getting really excited. <laughs> just Anyways, lie. Colossians 3 1.
6: You could have just been giving me the, the page
2: down.
0: I know. <laughs> <laughs> it said, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's Set funny. your affections. We talked about affections, Marion." How, how your, your affections, excuse me, how your affections, he said, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. So we're not affected by this. He wants us to be affected by, by the things from the Lord. All good things are from above. He says, he says for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. We died from that old life and we re- resurrected into a new life. Old things are past, all things have become new. You're dead, your life is hid with Christ. When Christ, who is our life? Who's our life now? Christ. Christ. Shall appear, then we shall also appear with him. So what does it say? Put to death, mortified. Mm -hmm. Therefore, the members which are upon earth. Mm -hmm. Amen, so forth. Okay, anybody else got anything else? Before we go to James? Okay. Let's go back to the book of James then, where we've been. James chapter one. Well, we may—I don't know if we'll make it through, all the way through chapter one or not, ben. Okay. In James chapter one, we're we've gone up to verse um, fifteen. Did we finish verse fifteen? Didn't we?
3: Uh, has lost. Yes, we're at sixteen.
0: So we talked about something that's important. Temptation. First of all, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions that we've that we've gone over. Is temptation sin? Temptation is not sin. Um, when is a man tempted? When he's drawn away
3: with his own right. ass and enticed. He's
0: all he's all right. That's right. Can we overcome temptation? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Give me a scripture. Wait,
3: wait, wait. That's a good question. Point, yeah. I just caught what you said.
0: Can you,
2: what? I just caught what you
3: said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Can, what's that? 10,
6: 10.
0: Excellent. Would you quote it? Uh, there's
6: no temptation which is common.
0: Man. No, no temptation has taken you, but that which is, co- is common to man.: will, alert, That's kind of like First Corinthians 10:13 uh, says, "No temptation has taken you, but such as is common to man, God is faithful, Injust. who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, right. but will through the temptation, make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. If you walk in that and you believe that and you listen, that, will you ever sin? Is it possible for you to sin? No, not if you do that, right? So that's all you need to do is you need to follow 1 Corinthians along with the many other scriptures that say the same thing. 1 Corinthians 13, 10, 13. So temptation is not sin, and you can overcome all temptation. What is the first thing? Okay, I see temptation as coming from two different places that it can come from in a person. Um, what is the first temptation that you can actually get rid of first? Anybody can answer that? The internal temptation. Okay, where does that come from? It comes from your heart. From the heart. Mm -hmm. Okay. Man, man, when he first sins, the Bible says, For all we like sheep have gone astray. Every man has gone his own way. We all, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. That doesn't mean you continue in Romans 3.23. So when you start out and you sin, what happened? Your heart became corrupt. You see, because the Lord says in Mark chapter 7, that it's not that which goes out of the mouth that defiles the man, but that which, that, that, that which goes into the mouth that defiles the man, but that which comes out. For out of the abundance of the heart, there's fornications, evil thoughts, all those things. It's the heart. So before, we were tempted by our own selves of what we wanted to fulfill the desires of the flesh. The Bible talks about in Galatians chapter 5, for the, of the flesh and the spirit war against the, each other. You know, and so, so that was the flesh we would follow our own hearts. You ever hear somebody say, well, brother, I'm just following my heart. Well, if you're not in Christ, you, you, you're a mess because you're going to mess up wide down because Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitfully wicked, and who can know it? That's how man's heart is because he went that wrong way. Now, once a man comes through a conversion of, of godless sorrow with repentance and he becomes that new creation, what does he have? What's, what's going on with his heart? He's got a pure heart, right? Blessed are the pure in heart. For they shall what see God. Now, in order to see God, you've got to have that pure heart. We also have a promise in Ezekiel chapter thirty-six that says that when they would, we would come to the Lord, that God and turn from our sin, that God would give us a new heart and put a new heart and a new spirit in us that would cause us to obey all His commands and all of His statutes. So then, when that has, has been overcome, there still is temptation. But where does the temptation come from? Externally. External temptation. Externally. So what what does the scripture say about external temptation? The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it talks about, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our flesh are not carnal, but mighty, not fleshly, but mighty through God to pull down those strongholds. What can be a stronghold? Something that maybe with was holding you back, something, some sin that was there or some temptation that was there that was strong in your life. But you have the weaponry now that you've you've done away with that. Okay? So then he says, casting down imagination. So where's that temptation coming from? It's coming as a dart to your mind as an imagination and everything that exalts itself above the word of God and bringing every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. So every thought is brought. So we know in Ephesians chapter 6, remember we says, he says, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So because we, we fight not against flesh and blood. Our fight is not against another person. That's not the fight. The enemy comes at us. What do we fight? We fight against principalities and powers and rulers of darkness and high places. These things is spiritual warfare that he talks about. And he talks about putting on the helmet of salvation, breastplate of righteousness, our loins girt about with truth, our feet shod with the preparation of God, preparation of feet. And he said, above all, take the shield of faith. Above all, which is able to quench, to stop all the fiery darts of the enemy. So what does the enemy do? He's continually trying to put darts, external temptation to come at you, to see if you'll bite. <laughs> and we don't bite anymore, thank God. Hallelujah. So we, as the scripture says in 1 Peter 5, 9, it says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary walks around as a roaring lion seeking who be may devour. So he's walking around seeing if he could put a dart there in a person to get them to respond to that. But he said, resisting steadfast into faith, knowing that the same afflictions are going on with your other brothers throughout the world. So you're not, you don't have a unique situation. We all have those things that come at us and try to come in our mind. That's why we talked about it's so important that you put your mind on things that are good. Because the enemy will try to come at your mind and get you down, come and get you and attack you and get you thinking on the wrong things. So you always bring your mind back to the things that are good and honest and of good report, those things of God. Meditate, David said, I meditate day and night upon your word. I med- meditate on your law day and night. I'm walking and in in, in, in walk in God's spirit. For he said, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So we walk in the the ways of the Lord. Amen. 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 So uh, anybody have any comment on that? No.
2: No?
0: Huh? Yeah. Okay, so every man is drawn away when he's tempted. And then once he's tempted, if he succumbs to the temptation, what happens to him? He's what's called enticed. What does enticed mean? Trapped. Trapped. Has anybody ever been trapped in their sin? Okay? We've all been trapped, and that's a bad place to be because you feel like you can't get loose when you're in that trap. So nobody wants to go there again. We've been there, we fall for that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, not to be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. You know, we know how he works, and he will try to get you back in that trap, which is a horrible place. Then you have to start lying to cover your sin and lie upon lies. So you add sin to sin, as it says in Isaiah and you get in a bad position for the, because the wages of sin is what? Yeah. Death, eternal damnation, death. Amen. So, um, and then it says, and when, uh, after this says, and when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death, which is the ultimate horrible place to be. Do not err, brethren. Every good... And every perfect gift is from above. Thank you, Lord. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom we have is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will, verse 18 of chapter 1, begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. I want to stop there and just park a little while there and talk about that. So God's goal was for, and is for us, he begot us, he, he, um, he birthed us. When we came to him and turned from our sin and repented of our sin, then we had what was called a new birth, which is Christ when he begat us. And, he, and the reason he did was so that we would be a kind of first fruit of his creatures, to bring forth that fruit. We talked a lot about in Matthew chapter 5 about a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. He says, by their fruit, you'll know them. He wants us to bring forth good fruit. Because if we don't, then we're not a good tree. Um, If you would, turn with me to uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, Larry. I'm all the way down to verse 18. Oh, okay. I'm just <laughs> Romans 8. Very wonderful scripture that you can, this is one of the promises of God. The Bible says that you escape all the corruption and lust of the world by the promises of God. And this is a promise of God that he's given. It causes you to escape that. We're going to go to verse 28. Very familiar scripture. You probably all know it by heart says, and we know that all things work together for the good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his promise. So a lot of people say, well, it's all going to work together for the good for me. Well, that's not really a promise for everybody. Who's the promise for?
3: Those who obey his
0: commandments. Those who love the Lord. We'll get there. You're way ahead. Now, the description of loving the Lord in the Bible, what, what is the description of loving the Lord? Okay, the Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. He, he says, really, he says, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you in John chapter 15. And, of course, the verse that says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments if you need to write that down. That's in John 14, verse 21 through 23. So so if I'm not obeying his commandments, is everything, can I apply the scripture to me and say, well, everything's worked together for my good? No, that's only for the person that is loving Jesus and walking in his commandments. Remember the scripture says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 4, He says, the one that says, I know him and keeps not his commandments is a liar and the truth's not in him. When I first saw that, when I was, uh, I was brand new and I was reading 1 John and I tell the story and, and I saw that, I, I, I was just fascinated. And I said, we're supposed to be keeping God's commandments. And I was with a group of people, churchy people, and they said you can't keep God's commandments. And I says, "Well, the Bible says here, if I say I know Him, and don't keep His commandments, I'm a liar. The truth's not in me. Well, It doesn't really mean that. It means something else. And that's when my life turned around because I, you know, God would yes. just, huh? Why do you call me Lord, Lord? That's exactly right, Don. You know, because you, you know, God's word is simplistic. And if you'll just take it for what it is, you're in a safe place. But when you start trying to say it doesn't mean what it says and try to explain it away and tri- cherry-picking scriptures to try to bring your, your, your theology in, then you're in trouble. And that, that's what happened. And I, and I ended up saying, well, man, that guy, I, I, I put him on the phone with the preacher. I said, man, he, he's got to know more than me. I guess I was wrong. Maybe it doesn't mean what it says. And... Uh, Somebody's mic is on, Or, unless that's an uh, earthquake. <laughs> hey,
4: Glenn,
0: can you mute your mic, please? Oh, good. Okay. There you go. Somebody needs to mute their mic. It's coming across really rough. Thank you.
2: <laughs>
0: so, you're used to that, huh? I'm sorry, what did you say?
4: Okay, love being the greatest of all, and I feel when you love everyone, I mean, you love them as you would love yourself.
0: Love your neighbor as I Well, love is the fulfillment of the law. You can't sin if you really love. Exactly. So if if I say I love you, and yet I would steal from you, then I really didn't love you. If I said I love you and I'd lie to you, I really didn't love you. If I say I love you and I... I, whatever I do ill, I really didn't love you. That's why it's called the law of liberty in the scriptures. Because uh, Romans 13 says that love is the fulfillment of the law. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, somebody can say, I love you. A lot of people say, I love you. Yeah. But they really don't love you. They
2: don't know.
0: Yeah, they don't know what love They're even is about. You know, not, not even because they haven't been regenerated. They haven't. Uh, they they're not obeying God. One way to know whether you love God, love God or love anybody is if they're keeping the commandments. If they're not keeping the commandments, you don't really love you're not really loving. You're
4: not really
0: loving. All the law is hinged upon. That's right matter of fact, there was a man that that came to Jesus once, and he asked Jesus, turn there if you would, Luke chapter 10. I'm just going to skip over there just to cover that a little bit. It's in Luke chapter 10. Uh, This guy was a lawyer, and he came to Jesus, and uh, he asked Jesus a very, very important question. And in this question, he asked him, he says in uh, uh, Luke 10 and verse 25, it's uh, Luke ten twenty five, Larry. Back. Okay. Um, <laughs> i beating you. Are you, all, you are. Do you have your hearing aid today, today or something? you doing good, Larry. <laughs> I have my own. <laughs> Luke 10 25. <laughs> Behold, a certain lawyer uh, stood up and tested Jesus, saying, Master, what what do I need to do to have eternal life? Now, I'm going to ask you this question, but I don't want you to look at what he said. I want to ask you, what if somebody came to someone in the modern day church or or somebody came to me before me really knowing the truth? And he says, "Okay, what do I need to do to have eternal life? What would I have told them or what will they tell you today? They'll tell you all you need to do. Some will say all you need to do is believe on the Lord and you're saved. Okay?
6: The reason is because there's a scripture that says
0: that. Well, if you look at the scripture, it's in Romans chapter 10. We went over there. No, it's in Romans 10. Um, you want me to go there? Hold your place in Luke 10. Hold your place in James 1 and go to, go to a Ro- Romans chapter 10. Romans 10. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9. Okay. Listen, listen to what it really says. If you declare
2: with
0: your mouth, if you shall confess with your mouth, my version says,
2: <laughs>
0: the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Let's go. Oh, let we just stop there? That's, That's the problem. That's a done deal
2: right there.
0: For with the heart, man believes unto what? Righteousness. What is that? He's got to believe to righteousness. If he doesn't believe to righteousness, if he's, is he saved? Can't be. But see, they stop and they don't go that far. So you just need to believe in the Lord and you're saved. And you need to believe unto righteousness to be saved. You see, and then some will say, or you just need to accept him. Accept him. You need him to accept you. You're the one that messed up, not him, right? (laughs) Go back to Luke 10. Luke 10, Larry. Got it. (laughs) Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. My Bible is not saved, You need to get another Bible. I went from
6: amplified to NIV. I don't know where where do you go
4: next? Okay. I can't go King James.
0: So he says, what, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Look at the answer that Jesus gave. What's written in the law? Well, what does the law have to do with it? I'm not under the law. That's what some people would say. I'm not under the law. Hey, tell Jesus, what, do I, what does the law have to do with me having eternal life? I'm not under the law. Well, Jesus is asking, what does the law say? And what does the man say? How do you read it? The man says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. That was what you were saying, right, Mary? With all thy the heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Mm-hmm. And what did Jesus say? This do, and you shall live. Because all the law is hinged together in that. Yeah. You see? Watch, watch, I'll show you. Go to uh, Romans chapter 13. will never get through with James like this. not Cedric?
3: Well, really, a good point is uh, what you just said, believing unto righteousness in the book of James. In uh, chapter 1, verse 20, it says, For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Yeah, man's acre design. That's right. right. So just talking about righteousness, that goes good with James 1. Romans. Are
0: you looking at YouTube often? Yes. Okay. Yes. We
3: don't have any questions.
0: Hmm? We don't have any
5: questions.
0: Right okay. Okay, Romans chapter 13, Larry got it oh brother come on now look at verse look at verse (laughs) 8
3: she said go Larry (laughs) oh
0: no man anything but to love one another for he that loveth another he did what he has fulfilled the law law. there it is right there so what does so he says for this look at look what he's saying for this thou shalt not commit adultery Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Like I said, you expect, yeah, but, but if, if, if I love you, Marianne, I'm not, a, if I love my wife, I'm not going to commit adultery on her, right, right? right? If I love my wife, I'm certainly not going to kill her. She never makes me mad enough to kill her anyway. <laughs> if I love my wife, I'm not gonna steal her money because I'd be stealing my own money. <laughs> and 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 I'm not gonna bear fault witness at it. I'm not gonna covet what somebody else has, and all the other commands are fulfilled in it. Yes, what'd you say? Yeah, we're in Romans 13 now. Okay. Sorry about that. Sorry, okay. Roman, we started at Romans 13, verse 8, and we read verse 9. For, for he says, it's briefly a saying and comprehending that thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Wow. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So if you don't work, you're not working any de neighbor. What are you doing? You obeying God's commandments. It all see how it all works together, the commandments, the love, everything. Somebody can say, "Well, I love you," but if they're <coughs> stealing from you, they don't love you, no. you know. So you can a person can either say, "Well, okay, how can I keep God's commandments?" Fall in love with Jesus, and you will keep His commandments. It, it's automatic. It can't. It can't. You don't that's that's how we know if we know, That's how we know if you love him. Amen. He said, "This how you know that you love him if you keep his commandments."
3: You were also saying uh, about what it leads to. How uh, you started off in Second Thessalonians chapter eleven, and you talked about no, no, that's I'm that. sorry, uh, ch- chapter two, verse eleven. You talked about uh, how God passes them over to this delusion because they have pleasure. Well, in that same chapter in uh, Romans thirteen, we read Romans thirteen, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so if you, if you go to verse uh, 2, it says, Whosoever therefore resists the power, resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to, to themselves damnation. You know, if you keep on reading, it's, it's in context also. <clears throat> so I wanted to point that out since we were already there. Too. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know,
0: Guys, y'all have any comments? Glenn, do you have something to say, brother? It's good to have you with us today, Glenn. Oh, thank you very much. I <laughs> can you hear me. I can hear you loud and clear. Can you uh put your video on so we can see you?
4: Oh yeah, okay. And this is kind of going back
6: in touch what we were just talking about. Talk totally loud. <laughs> I, never heard, I don't hear that much. <laughs> you can say that again. So, okay, my question is this: it says that you love one another as you love yourself. Well, if you're dead. I mean, seriously, God die self. How much loving of yourself are you really doing anyway? Number one. Number two, okay, so we love one another. Well, if that other person, and I'm encountering this, is all full of sin and iniquity, aren't you supposed to hate iniquity?
0: Yeah, you hate the sin.
6: I, right. You hate the sin, and you love it. How, how do you hate the sin, and you love the person, and you're called to be separate?
0: Well, it's like this. He says to, uh, He says in, in Matthew chapter 5, he says that to rejoice and be exceedingly glad when, when all men speak evil of you and persecute you, to love your enemies and to do good to them, to repay, uh, instead of repaying evil for evil, to repay good. So he's talking about that's our part, you know, where it doesn't matter what they do to us. We're going to still show forth love, he says, he says, give place to the Lord. In Romans chapter 12, he says, uh, he says, give place to the Lord. For The Lord says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Let the Lord, like King David said in Psalms 18, let the Lord fight your battles. You know, you don't, you don't go fight somebody else. You pray for them. Right, you love gonna,
6: them. Like you're going to encounter the situation, but we're, it says that we're called to be separate. What fellowship does lightness have with the dark? So if these people are walking in sin, yeah, you love them. But I'm not
0: going to hang out with them. It, it doesn't say to hang out with them. It says tough, the opposite. It's
6: a tough deal for me to equate with love yeah, and then you hate the iniquity. So it's a very can difficult thing. give you a verse to tell you how I love that person right there? As yourself. You preach the word. Be prepared
1: in season and out of season. Mm-hmm. Correct, rebuke, encourage. With great patience and careful
0: instruction. Yeah, if you're never around them at all, how are you going to do that? Right. So you have to, you have to, you know, you're gonna have to intermingle in that in that sense. But that doesn't mean you just hang out with them yeah, and just, go to go play with them and go, go do all life. this other I mean, stuff. You yeah. love
6: this person, but I mean, he's walking in all kind of stuff. So it's, just, it's just kind of you hate the iniquity and you love the person. I mean, it's just very tough. I don't know how to hate and love at the same time. It doesn't really. It's, I mean, I know you're not supposed
0: to hate him, but you hate the iniquity. I don't want to be around him. You know? You don't, other than to, and to share Jesus with him. And that's it. Okay. Yeah.
4: Go uh, can I add something?
0: Sure, go ahead, go
4: ahead. Uh, I think the, the answer is much in um, what uh, Galatians, Galatians chapter 6, Galatians 6 verse 8, it says, when you're talking about the deceitfulness of uh, us. Um he that sows to the flesh, shall of the flesh reap corruption? But he that soweth to the spirit... shall So long lasting. I I feel that's like that, that's a real answer to uh, the corruption. You know, we reap corruption, the deceitfulness of the lust. That's that's the end result. We um we only reap corruption. But if we sow to the through the spirit, we reap like everlasting. So, it's like God says, replace, replace, uh, replace living for the flesh, sowing to the flesh, just keep sowing to your spirit, your fair life, your reading Bible, um, you know, uh, seeking God, that's uh, sowing to the spirit, isn't it? And then it says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. So um I, I just believe that's a real answer to that, you know, the the, the the quandary of sin, you know, the problem of sin of putting the sin nation down, yeah. it can be a real struggle. But if we just God just says just so to the spirit and you'll make life everlasting. Amen. So um I feel that helps that helps me anyway. I hope that helps someone there.
0: Amen. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, how about how about David, David Color or or Wes or or um, Chris? You guys have something to add? We'd like to hear from you guys.
5: Sure. So uh, hi, everyone. Um. Excuse. Hey, Chris. Hey. So um yeah, with the with talking about the Desperately wicked part. Excuse me, Chris.
0: Glenn, Glenn, cut your video off just just a, cut your video off just a second, okay? And so we can see Chris. All right, thank you, thank, oh, you okay. thank you, Glenn. Hey there. Hey, hey Chris. So yeah, uh, is it what
5: you were
0: saying earlier, the
5: desperately wicked heart. Um, it's deceitful uh, above all else. So. And uh, talking about deceitful thoughts, how they kind of trick you, uh, deceive you, uh, make you believe that uh, you'd be choosing the right thing when you're living in sin. Amen. Amen.
0: Chris, where are you located at?
5: Just outside Philadelphia.
0: Philadelphia? Yes, sir. Okay. Praise the Lord. Yeah. How about, um, how about, um, let's see, who else we got, uh, um, Wes? Any word? Who else we got uh, Okay. All right. Okay. Hey, Glenn will mute you your mic, I think it's Chris. Chris, mute your mic. Hey Chris, would you mute your mic? (laughs) Thank you. Still hadn't done. Glenn is driving. Glenn is driving. Glenn, Glenn, mute your mic a minute, Glenn. (laughs) Yeah, mute your mic. Put your mic on mute. Yeah, thank you. Okay, good. Thank you, Glenn. thank you, Glenn. Thank you, um, Chris. Okay, go ahead, Wes. You turned it down too much. No, I turned it down
3: when I wanted
0: to. Oh, small. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would just say that the, the let me let me get my video. All right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're looking cool no. tonight, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: comfy, so
0: that's a little what, what, what is that cord hanging down, Wes? Oh,
4: that's
0: my hair. Oh, okay. All right. Okay.
1: Yeah, uh, the, de- the deceitfulness of sin, now, you know, first off, you could just interpret that to mean that uh, you can sin and not surely die. Um, we, know, we know in Hebrews it says, um, calls it the deceitfulness of sin, um, you know, because it's deceiving, like what you said, it, drawn away and tied by uh, the pleasures and what James is uh, referring to. Um, but it's cycle that isn't fulfilled. You know, the heart of man is never satisfied. Uh, I think that's the Proverbs.
0: Yeah, amen.
1: And uh, Peter also, you know, to go along with the same stuff that you're talking about as far as temptation, Peter says that God knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, just like First Thessalonians or First Corinthians ten thirteen says. He knows how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and also he knows how to reserve the unjust punishment for the day of doom. But the, it, the
0: but second it also Peter chapter two
1: refers to something similar uh, when it talks about something that's escaped the corruption of the world. last. If, if afterwards. They're draw, drawn back into it. They're entangled and enticed. And that's kind of like what James is referring to that sin gives birth. To desire and desire so, uh, will grow grows, bring death. Amen. I got a question real quick.
0: Okay. So it says
6: that the heart is deceitfully wicked. But once you get a new heart, does it stay deceitfully
0: wicked? No. Okay. No. The heart only is deceitfully wicked when you are living oh, in sin. Yes. Before you regenerated, the heart is deceitfully wicked. Now, a person is not born with a deceitful heart, but it becomes deceitful once he sins. Once he sins, or she sins. Anybody else have any comment? Okay. Uh, Back to James. Let's see. see We make much progress, Cedric and James. Okay. Cover one more, okay? One more verse. But i got time for one more verse. Verse 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger or wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Okay. (laughs) Everybody's real quiet on that. They just nod their head. (laughs) So you want to be swift to hear. Slow to speak. The Bible says even a fool is thought wise if he holds his tongue, Amen. Proverbs says. Amen. It's slow to wrath. You know to yeah, that's right. That's good. Yeah. Slow to anger. Um, we also know in, in Ephesians chapter 5, it says, be ye angry, but sin not. So there is, a, there is a righteous anger. But this is an anger that he defines here he says the anger of man does not work the righteousness of God that, that the anger of a person to man that's not going to work the righteousness of God, but the anger of God through a person can work the righteousness of God. For instance, Jesus was angered, and he went into the temple with a whip and began to overthrow the tables uh, and things you know so there was, that was a righteous anger. you know um, the scribes and Pharisees all the time doing things that were, were uh, very self-righteous and stuff, and he, he angered and spoke to them sometimes harshly. John the Baptist did the same thing, but it was the ang- it was God's anger, not ma- not man's anger. Man's anger does not work God's righteousness. And be uh, swift to hear. So want to listen? Be more of a listener and slow to speak. Evaluate your words before you just speak out. Some I mean, people you know, just speak off the top of the head, just real fast. You know, and are like, "Oh man, why did I say that?" You know, just let the Lord direct you. And you got to let the Lord direct you. Because you could really go into that and say, well, uh, well it says, um, be swift to hear. How fast is swift? You know, you, 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 it's got to be led by the Spirit. Well, slow to speak. Some people may never, may take them a year to say a word. That's kind of exaggerating slow. So you, you, you need to define what swift is, what slow is. And uh, so forth. So, those things only can be defined by walking in God's spirit, walking in His spirit. Let Him direct your words, your thoughts. Amen. Any comments on that, Wes?
2: Huh?
1: sometimes he'd wait and i go like did he hear me, did he hear me? <laughs> what I asked, you know and
0: sometimes I wouldn't even get an answer you know <laughs> if he wasn't directed by the Holy Spirit to speak he did not but again was that the right amount of timing you have to just be led by the Spirit you know because it seems like well that's good but right. is it really I don't know you know it has to be, you have to be led by the Spirit because uh, it's kind of like somebody said well you shouldn't have long hair well how long is long hair is it all the way down to the floor? Is it that over your ears? Is it you know? So you have to define these things, and the only way to define those things is by the Spirit of God, as He's leading you speak. As if you speak, as the Lord directs you to speak in Him, you listen you, and you speak forth, and uh, in, in, in that in that manner. Okay. Anybody? Praise the Lord! So we made it all the way to verse twenty. <laughs> Within a year, we'll be done with James 1, right? <laughs> hey,
4: uh, Pure Bride says she's four
0: miles from uh, Chris. Oh, really? Uh, Chris, uh, Pure Bride went on, on YouTube watching and listening is only four miles away from you in Philadelphia, right? That was Philadelphia.
3: She's four miles from the Pennsylvania line in Northern Maryland, New Huh. She's four miles. <laughs> Of uh, we have a YouTuber <coughs> that's on our YouTube channel that says she's four miles from the Pennsylvania Pennsylvania line uh, in Northern Maryland, uh, Union Hill. Do you know what that is, Chris?
5: Name uh, doesn't ring a bell, no, but uh, about, uh, uh, I guess, 45 minutes, an hour or so from that.
2: Yeah, pretty close. Wonderful Lord. Hallelujah. John
3: said. Hey, uh, I asked David. Herman, why don't you ask David? Hallelujah, we just, we forgot. What? What? I didn't want you to sing something. What was <laughs> it? He forgot?
2: <laughs> yeah, I forgot. Hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Just hallelujah.
0: The one you doing? I think so. Uh, well, okay. i first. Oh, you talking about Siki first? Huh? you talking about Siki first, the can with us? We were saying it before. Oh, we sang important. <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
5: to meet together and um, talk about your word the scriptures. Uh, pray that uh continue to uh, receive uh, grace and continue to grow in knowledge. And um, ask you to be with us up a week. Um, and thank you again um, for this uh, blessing. Amen. Thank you, Chris.
0: Let's all stand. Thank you, brother. <sighs> thank you Chris. You know, um, some people can. Sorry, okay, look <laughs> like look like me getting that <laughs> <laughs> You know, some people can. You know, call and, and say they have communion without and make it a ritual. We don't want to ever do that. Some people can have communion without ever really having true repentance and have sin in the heart. That's why the scripture says to examine yourself to make sure that there's nothing there. This reason some are sick and some even are dead of them. Very serious thing. Mm -hmm. But we know what what Jesus said. And um, we're not trying to copy anybody or do anything anybody else does or doesn't do. We're doing what the scripture says to do. And the word of God says, in remembrance of me, he stood up that last day before he went to be crucified, and he was in that room together with them, and they were going to have their last supper. And when Jesus stood up, he says, I want you to do this in remembrance of me. And he uh, He took the bread that they were eating, and he took it, and he lifted it up, and he said, this is my body that I give for you. Oh, thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Remember he said, John, John sixty he also said, Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you can't with me. And we lifted up his body and lifted up that bread. He said, I want you to take it and eat of it, all of you, and remember some me. Thank you, Jesus. After he had just taken it and they had eaten, he took the cup, the wine that he had, and said, This is my blood, which I shed for each one of you. Imagine what that is, what it's done for us. I mean, we would all be guilty. We would all still have a sin. He said, this blood is going to wash away your sin, all your past sin. Make you as though you had never sinned before, impute righteousness of all your past sin through him. He said, take this and drink all of it. Thank you, Lord. What a blessing to be with each of you tonight. Blessing to be with all of our friends from Skype and YouTube. We love the Lord. We thank for everything that everyone has to say tonight. We'd love to be thankful for the Word of God. I hope that you all receive. And it was a blessing. God bless you. God speed with you. And have a good night and a good week.